Welcome to Not Another Fucking Podcast. This is episode number 20. I cannot believe I just said that. Episode number 20. And for this milestone episode, I have the privilege of speaking to a really good friend of mine who I actually met on Instagram. We have similar values. She is a master business coach. She helps women, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is just really trying to reach their dream. She also breaks everything down to Barney and has her own journey to share with us. So grab your coffee, your water, whatever it is that you are sipping on, and join me and a very special guest on this conversation. I am so excited to have one of my really good Instagram friends who I'm finally meeting in person today to be my guest on episode number 20. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we just got here. Yay! I am joined by Veronica Valadez, who is an incredible business coach, an incredible human, and really understands the journey of being a woman, the struggles we go through, and how we all have a story. So welcome, Veronica. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And like you said, it's it was about time we met in person, Dorley, because it was all the back and forth messages through Instagram. And I'm so happy I get to see your face finally. I know. I know. Me too. I wish we would have done this sooner. But you know what? Episode number 20, there's a reason why. Yeah. I don't believe in accidents. <laughs> I don't, yes, I don't believe in accidents. So I'm just like, okay. All right, universe, you got something for us. Yes. Okay. So Veronica, I, I'm going to start this uh, podcast episode with asking you what your story is. Like, how did you get to where you are now and what makes you, you? Yeah, of course. Um, well, I guess I'll start from the beginning. Um, I had a, I mean, I would think a very normal upbringing. Um, my well, not so normal in the sense that my family and I actually immigrated from Mexico when I was about three to four years old. So as soon as we got here, um, we landed in San Diego, California. So I'm located in sunny California. Um, as soon as we got here, I started my schooling here. Um, my mom was a stay at home mom and she still is till this point. And my dad um, worked and I am the youngest of three kids and the only girl. Um, my mom says that I'm the happy accident because <laughs> I was not planned. Um, so I'm like, yes, mom, I'll take that. Yes. Um, but basically, I was just told to, you know, do good in school. My mom was very hands on and it was just um because we immigrated from Mexico, we came to, you know, the United States, the land of opportunity. And it was ingrained in me since I was young that I needed to do good in school. Like those were the expectations of me because I had so many opportunities. I needed to go to college. I needed to do the whole, you know, American dream thing because no pressure. Yeah, no pressure because, you know, the opportunities that um, this country provides to their people are in a sense way better than you know what's in Mexico but um yeah I know my parents wanted the best for me and just like every other parent like they because they had hard upbringings 
they want their children to do better, be better, do better, and provide them with the best. I I get that point of view, but just like you said, the the pressure that is put on us at such a young age is is incredible. And I think it's um, as I've grown up, I think it's a like a cultural thing. Um, I don't know if it's just particularly Mexican culture, but just what I've been through personally, I see it. You know, my brother's doing the same thing with their kids and so on. So, um, like I said, I don't, I don't blame my family because I know they just they want the best for me. Um, a particular part of my story, which I think ties into where I'm at now and who I was meant to be, was that at such a young age. I somehow knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and it sounds funny, but, um, I actually used to sell candy at school. Like I would take candy and I'm like, Oh, I want to make money. Like, let me go sell candy to my friends. And then at some point I started selling perfumes out of a catalog to like other adults and like family members and friends. And it was just something I was always looking for ways to, um, sell something or like make money not in a like how can I say this not like in a oh I'm interested in becoming rich but I was just interested in having something that I could call my own and make a living off of something that I created right so um yeah that was a part of my childhood that I I thought was interesting because I don't think kids think like are raised thinking oh I'm gonna become an entrepreneur but at that point in my life I didn't know that's where I would end up but it's thinking back it's like okay it was kind of always in me but I never really noticed it uh so anyway so as I you know continued to my schooling I graduated high school um and it's funny this was like another like pivotal point in my life as well um I was before graduating high school I was set on go moving to LA. Like my dream was to move to LA, go to fashion school, work in the fashion industry. Like I was set on that. And, um, I particularly remember one day when, you know, when you're in high school, everyone's like, Oh my God, what, what college are you going to? What are you going to study? What oh are you going to do? Like that whole like, that question those- stressed me out so much. Cause you have to have an answer and everyone's like, they have a plan and you feel like what's wrong with me. I don't have a plan. Yeah. Or if you share the plan with them and they don't give you that good response or you get mm. the, Oh, what is that? Or like, the Can judgment money off yeah the judgment then you start second guessing like yeah. oh my god is my plan right like what am I doing so that happened to me I was sharing my plan of going to LA going to fashion school and all that stuff with a family member and my dad was actually there and he's like yeah she's talked about this with me but I don't know like why is she going to move to LA? Like she's going to struggle to live on her own. And like that school's so expensive. Like, I don't even think in that job, you'll be able to make money. Like, why are you even going to, it was all of this judgment and stuff. And I remember feeling so disappointed because it's like someone literally like, I don't know if I could cuss on here, but someone (laughs) literally just took a shit on my dream. And um, obviously it was, it was, you know, like I said, my dad, and I don't think he came from a bad place, 
But in that moment, it was just hard for me to hear. So anyway, so I ended up staying in San Diego. Mm-hmm. I got accepted to like the top schools here in San Diego. I did, um, I graduated, got my bachelor's degree in marketing. I somehow landed in marketing. Um, and all throughout college, I was just thinking like, oh, I'm, I never really did it for myself. I yeah. think I did it more for my parents, particularly more for my mom, because she, her upbringing, upbringing, she never had the opportunity to go to school. And she would always tell me like, you, you have the opportunity, like you need to go to college. Like you don't understand. Like, don't waste it. We came to this country for you yes. to do something. It was for yes. you. Yeah. And I, I mean, I got a free ride and everything. I didn't have to pay for school. So um, just, just looking at her and seeing how it's like, if I were to tell her, you know what, mom, I don't want to go to school. I know that that disappointment, like that disappointing face she would give me or the sadness. And I just, I didn't want to disappoint her just because she's such an important part of my life. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing this for her. And it's like, and if, kind of I saw it like as a backup plan because I was never really set on like you know I'm gonna graduate school and get a great job like no it was just more of a I wanted to I guess please my parents or make my parents happy Mm -hmm. um so once I did that I was in the corporate world um did the thing like corporate world what did that look like like what does that mean when people say that So as soon as I got out of school, I started looking for a job that was in marketing. And um, funny thing was that I actually started working when I was 17. So I was working through high school and through college. Um, I worked at an, I got like this amazing job at an office and um, I like had that office experience and all of that. And I had like the I knew what a nine to five was like, I was already in that, um, workplace, that, um, area. So, and to be honest, I'm sorry. What kind of work did you do? So I was in real estate. I worked at a real estate office Oh. and I was around a lot of people that made a lot of money very quickly and very easily. And I was constantly told like, you should get your real estate license. You could easily make like so much money, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that's not my plan. I'm like, it's not about the money. That's not my plan. So I knew that if I didn't leave that job, I would end up doing that, which I knew I didn't want to. So, Mm -hmm. And me leaving that job also meant that I got a pay cut because I worked, I had worked there for five years. So I was, you know, at a certain hourly rate and me being fresh out of college with this new degree, no experience in marketing, I was going to start again at the bottom making, you know, minimum wage. But I was like, this is part of the process it is what it is you know I have to bite my tongue I have to do it and that's what I did and I ended up landing a job in the hotel industry um, for a luxury hotel here in San Diego Um, I started there I absolutely loved it the people I mean the building itself had so much history and it was just absolutely beautiful I mean it's the building's still there so it's still beautiful and all but um and I just like started you know working hard that um 
mentality of like, you have to work hard. Um, your right. job is first. You can't call out sick. You always have to do your best. That whole, all of those things that were, you know, ingrained in me at a very young age, which I feel like, again, it's like a cultural thing. Like that's the Mexican mentality, right? The Hispanic mentality. Uh, so I, yeah, like I said, I worked my way up through that job and, um, it was, I think it was around maybe like 22, 23 years old when I started asking myself, is this it? Like, is this what I'm meant to do? Is like, what's next? Like I, there was no other goal for me to work towards. And I feel like all my life I was like working towards the next goal and the Mm -hmm. next goal and it needed to get bigger and bigger. But then I got to that point where I was like, okay, I got to this goal. Like, I'm not happy yet. Like what's going on? What's wrong with me? Where's the American dream? Where's the pot of gold? Like Exactly. And, and it's, I don't know. It's just that it, during that like age range from like 23 to 28, which was a point in my life where I was trying a lot of different things. Like I, I knew I didn't want to be in a nine to five job, like just a gut feeling. I think that I've always had was that I was meant to do more Mm -hmm. than the standard American dream. Right. And, um, during that time, like I pursued many different hobbies. I picked up like hand lettering. I picked up graphic design. Um, I got a camera. I thought I wanted to be a photographer. Um, I was just constantly trying new things to see what it is that I was passionate about. Because at that point in my life, I was lacking passion. I was lacking clarity. And I was just like, I can't sit at a desk for another 40 years until I can retire and be free like there's no way possible that people are doing this like that that was like just my my way of thinking and um yeah during that time it was a lot of trial and error after each I don't want to say failed hobby but after discovering that you know photography wasn't the thing for me or graphic design wasn't the thing for me I felt the sense of frustration because I just wasn't getting to an answer and it's usually Veronica always finds the answer Veronica has it together has a goal has direction and I literally had no direction so I was I was stumped um but it's hard that can be and you know what as you're talking I was thinking of a question because you went to college straight out of high school right Mm mm-hmm So I'm already thinking of like, what was that experience like when you entered the corporate world and you're this young, beautiful Mexican woman, a minority already in this country? Like, what was it like to go into corporate world, business world, money-making world? Like, how were you treated? Did you feel a certain way? You know, like did imposter syndrome kick kick in on you? Like, what was that like? Um, I think now thinking back, to my whole career, that whole time that I was at the hotel, I dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of lack of confidence, a lot of fear. 
now that I'm out of that situation, I see it. But while I was in it, I didn't really realize it. And when I first started at the hotel, um, I, I got along with everyone. I mean, I, I'm the type of person that gets along with everyone. I, I think this is funny. And my friends laugh at me whenever I say this, but I, I can like tell people's vibes right away. I'm like, if we're going to vibe together, like, I know if you're fake, like I can tell like within, you know, five minutes or so, but for the most part, I got along with everyone. And then it was like a couple months in when I started seeing that people, not people, just like some particular individuals that were very much not happy with the fact that I was thriving or that I was doing so good because my bosses would speak so highly of me in front of other people. And they were bothered that, you know, someone my age that looks like me that is, you know, Mexican is doing better than them. Mm -hmm. And they, and I'm talking about older individuals, like well into, you know, their, their late forties, early fifties. And I remember talking to my boss about this and she just straight up told me, to be honest, they're just jealous of you because you're younger. uh, You're doing a lot better than they are. And they wish that they were in your place at your age. Yeah. And when she shared that with me and I was like, okay, well that makes sense on why they're, you know, being mean or whatever. But during that time in my life, it was, it was hard because I, looking back, I wish I had more self-confidence. Like I knew my stuff and I, I worked hard and I like, I always wanted the best, but I always lacked that confidence and other people saw it. Like they knew I I was a good worker and I, I like got my stuff done and everything. But when they would come to me for my opinion or like, Hey, what should we do for this? I was like, Oh, um, uh, uh, yeah, we should do this. Like, I would be very like, not direct kind of like, Oh, well, I don't know. I think this is a good idea. Cause it, it was that lack of confidence. So that's tough. I mean, that's, that's really tough. I can think, um, back to just, I don't know what San Diego was like around that time, but where I'm from, we were all Mexican. Like literally when I talk about where I'm from Washington state and I'm from this tiny town called Sunnyside, Mm -hmm. it's like all Mexican people. Like it's, we immigrated to, to Sunnyside because that's where all the fruit was. I grew mm-hmm. up in a family of farm workers, picking cherries, cutting asparagus, picking nectarines, apples, all that stuff. And everyone at school looked like me. And when I finally went to college years later and I got around like a, other professionals, I still didn't feel like I fit in. I kind of like in my mind still had envisioned that like little Mexican girl who was nervous and shy and didn't know her role in the world. And that's why I asked, like, how did you deal because it was, it was confusing when I first became a counselor and I would meet parents. Mm-hmm. So I worked, I worked in uh, middle school. They would look at me and be like, hi, um, I'm here for the counselor. And I would smile and be like, hi, I'm the counselor. And they'd look at me like, no, like, where's the counselor? Like, yeah, me. Cause I didn't look a certain way. They, I wasn't what they mm-hmm. were used to. So then I kind of started to retract, to go back into my shell and be like, okay, am I supposed to be here? Cause I don't feel like I fit in here. 
Yeah, I've had instances now that you bring that up. I've had instances when um, I was in like a higher up position and um, when I would have to like talk to certain guests or like to certain people, they would be like, oh, you're the marketing manager. Oh, you're in charge of marketing. And I'm like, yes, why? Oh, no, just I'm just asking. I'm just double checking. And I think that would also feed into the my lack of confidence, like, okay, this person is questioning my title. Should I be questioning my title? You know, right. it, yeah, I've, I've been through that and I, I know what it feels like. And it's, um, it's sad to see how other people can judge you, you know, by your looks. Yeah. And what I constantly try to tell people is not to compete. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not worried about what anybody else is doing because right. I, I know I know that the universe put me here for my own gift, my own plan. Like I'm not worried about what Sally next door is doing because I'm just so in my own lane. And I know that we are all here for a reason. Every single one of us has a gift. Um, And I've just never really been like one to compete. I was always confused because I'm like, well, no, I have my own path. I have my own, like your own own struggles, my own trauma, my own crap I've been through. And so, yeah, that, that was, that was really hard. Like, so when you had mentioned that other people in your industry were jealous, it's like, I don't understand that. I mean, I get it and it should make you want to be better internally, but not to compete with Veronica or compete, compete with Dora, because I have my own path. You have your own path. We all have our own path. And it would just be so nice if we could all just recognize that and yeah, that we are absolutely. all here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've, I, like you said, it, it would be nice for people to recognize it, but they, they automatically see it as a threat. And it's, it's sad to me when, when other people, when people see other people doing better than them, they're automatically threatened. I personally see it as motivation and see it as in, wow, if she can do it, I can do it too. Like, I see it as admiration. And if I have the opportunity to learn from that person that's, you know, reached that goal that I want to reach, then I want to be friends with that person because I know I can learn from them and I can grow. Right. And that's so funny that you say that because when, when I first became a school counselor, I put my cap and gown and it's in my office right now. And it Mm -hmm. has a little sign that says, if I can do it, so can you. Yes, because it's so true. Cause I, I've been through so much crap and there were days where I didn't even think I'd get to college. Like I, I had put so much into like the toxicity with my ex and I had like thrown mm-hmm. away my plans. And there was one point where I was like, fuck it. This is my life. Like I literally gave it all up for this loser who I don't know how to get away from. And then when I finally went back to school with a baby and a husband working full time and immigration law, and I was so busy and tired. And I thought like, I'm not no superwoman. Like, and I, and I just wanted to yell it at the top of my lungs, mm-hmm. to like the rest yeah. of the world, if I can do it, so can you. Cause it's, it's true. It's really all what you put your mind to and remembering like why you started. And I, yeah. Kept, and I just recorded that podcast last week, but I just kept thinking about like the younger Dora, the Dora that had the hope, the five-year-old Dora that had the stars in her eyes. that didn't have her heart broken yet. 
I kept thinking about that and my future. My, my mom was a huge, my mom would always tell me when I was young, like you can do anything you want to do. Like mm-hmm. you, you, if you want to be an astronaut, you do it. If you want to be a doctor, you do it. But then when I was a counselor, she's like, mm, not really a counselor, maybe like a lawyer, like you can do that. Cause it was always yeah. the shiny title. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I love her for it, but I think it goes back to our culture, right? Where our parents just, it's like, we came here. So you have an obligation to do something huge with your life. And it's like, well, we will, but it's just not what you think. It's not the traditional thing that you think it is. So yeah, we're here to do it in our own way. And, yes. you know, some people are still figuring out what their own way is, but everyone's way is different and I just wish more people would see that and would understand that it's okay if you don't take the normal path, whatever that Mm -hmm. may look like. Yes. I love that because we do, we start to look at other people and we start to think, well, shouldn't I be further along by now? Or, or, Or when I meet with my clients where they're like, I feel like I should have a family and a child and a husband, like, where did I go wrong? And a lot of the times it's like, we're supposed to learn certain lessons. I don't know why. I don't know, you know, who decided, I mean, we know the universe, but like, like God and everything, but we just all have our own path. And when we understand that, and there's so much freedom and letting mm-hmm. go of control. Yeah. Like that. I, I've, go, let God sane. Yeah. I've had that, that thought as well. Um, when I started this entrepreneurship journey that I'm on now because it's still a journey that never ends, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I, at the beginning, I thought, why didn't I land on coaching before? Why didn't I just start like four years ago? I feel like everyone's so much, you know, ahead of me. I could be doing X, Y, Z, whatever. But now looking, now thinking about it, it's like I wasn't ready yet. The mm-hmm. timing was not right, and if the opportunity to start a business had happened four years ago or whenever the opportunity would have been in front of me and I wouldn't have taken it because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's all, it's all about timing and trusting that your best interest, you know, the things you want to happen will come with time and it's going to come to you when you're ready. Yes, that is that is exactly where I am with some of the people that I work with. And it's really hard because we want it now. Like mm-hmm. I had that post today where like, I was thinking of Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka. Like I want it now, daddy, like <laughs> dreaming for the damn golden ticket. We do. We want it today. We want it like right this second, but sometimes we're not supposed to have it right now. There's like certain little things that we're supposed to learn. And it sounds annoying and cheesy. And it's like, Dora, shut up. You're a hippie. Like, I know, Mm -hmm. I know I sound crazy, but I promise you like it'll come when it comes. And when it does, it'll be bigger and greater than you ever imagined. Yeah. Because if, if you think about it too, if, if whenever we want something, if we get it so quickly, we're going to lose interest right away. It's like when you were young and you got a toy and you're like, Oh my God, I got this toy. I love it. And then two weeks later you got over it and you were wanting another toy. Yeah, exactly. No, go ahead. No, I I just pictured it because that's exactly what it feels like. It's it's like when we don't really know our purpose or our passion, it's we're Mm -hmm. constantly chasing the next shiny penny. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, 
I mean, for a reason, we were put on this world without knowing our passion. And, you know, some of us, it's taking us, you know, 20, 30 years to figure it out. But that's what makes life interesting. Because if we had all the answers from the day we were born, we would be bored out of our minds right now. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I love that. I had a really good visual. That's a good one. I love that one a lot. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. Was there ever a point in your life where you felt completely lost? Like where you were just like, oh my God. And if there was, how did you get yourself out? So it would have to be that it was like a five year, yeah, like a five year period where, you know, I was at my corporate job um, in marketing and I just, I wasn't happy. And I, every, I swear to you every day, um, this sounds terrible, but come on, we all do this. I would literally spend part of my workday Googling how to find my passion. I feel lost. What do I do? Like that whole type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, even while I was trying all those new hobbies and everything, I still like continuously felt lost. But the only reason and the only way that I got out of you know, that lack of clarity and feeling lost was by trying different things. And now I see that by me trying all those things, it led me down the path of discovering my passion and pursuing it and now having a full-blown coaching business where, you know, I get to help other women start their own coaching business. So it was the missing piece that was always missing for me was that I knew I wanted a business, but I didn't know in what, Mm -hmm. and I was stuck on that for years and years and years until I, like I said, I tried different things and I finally landed on that one thing. And I'm so glad I did because now I'm like, honestly doing the most like impactful work and I know this is what I was meant to do. And I know I had to go through those five years of trial and error for me to get to the place where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. I love that, especially because, I mean, it was five years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, right. It wasn't like I figured it out in six months. It wasn't like for me, I am 37 I finally decided last year I was going to do it. I was 36. And I thought like when I went to school to get my master's, I'm like, this is it. I'm going to die a counselor. And I love it. I'm so happy. And then I got my first paycheck and I'm like, whoa, whoa, I owe way more to the government. How am I supposed to pay them back with this money? Mm -hmm. And then when it didn't pan out and there were politics and I thought, oh, I don't like it. Like I thought I was going to like it. This is just not what I wanted. And then I felt kind of depressed. Mm-hmm. And I lived in that cycle for at least, when did I become a counselor? In 2015? What are we, 2022 now? Yeah, for about six years. I lived in the like, what do I do? And then I contemplated, should I get another master's? I'm like, but then I'll really be like completely madly in debt. Like I can't afford mm-hmm. yeah. another master's. So, and then it just, it just came to me and yeah, but it took about six years for it to happen. It wasn't something that came overnight. Right. And it's, I think the, uh, uh, many people think that it's like an overnight thing. Like it 
it's like a flip of a switch type of thing. And it's like, if you really want it, just flip that switch and you're going to find your passion and it's going to be great. No, it's, it's a journey and it's the I'm sure the journey has taught you so many different, you know, lessons and you've learned what you do like, what you don't like and what, I'm sure you're grateful that you didn't go back to get that master's like you thought you needed to do, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's a process, it's a journey, but it's, I'm sure you'll, you're, you'll agree with me when I say this, but it's, it's just be patient. You will get there. Yeah. You will get there eventually. Yes. And trust yourself. I sound like a damn broken record, but mm-hmm. honestly, you kind of, you have to trust that intuition the inner gut, like that feeling that's like, no, don't go this way, go this way instead. Yeah. And I think the, the trust too, um, I actually started discovering that maybe like two years ago that I did not fully trust myself. I was very much like whatever move I made, I needed to do research and like have proof that, um, whatever I was planning on doing would pan out. And I never did anything in my life just like for the heck of it or because I had a gut feeling. It was always like planned. Mm -hmm. And when I landed on coaching, it was, it just felt right. And I just thought, okay, I need to trust my, like, I know me the best out of everyone in this world. And if I have this gut feeling that this feels right. And this is what I should be doing, regardless of how much money I make or what people will say. If I know that this is what I'm meant to do, then I need to trust myself that I'm making the right decision. Mm -hmm. And you did, and you're here now. And that's incredible. That, that leads me to my next question of what is your favorite part of being a business coach? So I've always truly, truly believed that every woman out there in the world deserves and is capable of having their own business, whatever that business may be. I mean, if it were up to me, I would be like, everyone should have a business. Having a business is great. Yeah. Um, But that's my favorite part of it is just being part of that process and something that I, I specifically focus on with my clients is that, um, in business, there should be more women that should be embracing their uniqueness and, you know, having that confidence that, um, they're capable and they're willing. And because a lot of business owners feel like, oh, I need to, you know, look like this and act like this. So people could take me seriously, or some people are, you know, ashamed of their background or feel like they don't have a story to tell because it's not, um, like a rags to riches story or like something amazing and mind blowing. Like we all have a story to share. And regardless of how, uh, big or small, you might think it is, it's your story. And, you sharing it can make a difference in someone else's life. Mm -hmm. But who are you to say like, I'm not unique enough, or I'm not important enough. And if I were to pinpoint like my one favorite thing, like 
exactly would be that when a coaching client of mine says, thank you, thank you for helping me. Thank you for making me realize X, Y, Z, just them saying thank you to me is worth a million dollars. And I know it sounds ridiculous. I'm so dumb. I feel that too. And then I, and then I get teary eyed. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Right. And it's, you get that feeling of, it's like, you're on this, like unexplainable, like high of like, you have all these feelings rushing and you just feel like you're on top of the world. And it's like those simple words that another person says to you and you know that you're making a difference in that person's life by just, you know, sitting and talking with them or helping them, you know, reach their goals. Like to me, that's my absolute favorite part of coaching. I, yes, I can totally agree with you. And there's, there's like podcasts and there's people everywhere that like, I think of Jay Shetty or even Oprah, like they Mm -hmm. all say this, like if you, if you become of service to other people, that's like the unending, that's like the unconditional happiness. And it's so true. And I used to always think that like when I was in counseling, when I was counseling, I used to be like, if I can help one student, like I've made my world, but now it's like, if I can help one woman talk with her husband differently or talk with her kids differently or see herself differently when she looks in the mirror, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's my shiny penny. Like that is like, oh my God, like the, the gates of heaven have opened up and the choir is singing. I'm like, oh, I did it. But it's, it just, it feels amazing. So I can totally relate to, to that. It's just, it's incredible. And watching people transform. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. It's like from the very beginning, this is what it looked like until the very end. And you're like, oh my God, you did it. But it's, it's people just knowing that they have it in them already. Yeah. Like I, I tell my clients this all the time. I'm like, you're, you're the expert in your own life. I don't have your experiences. I haven't been through what you've been through. You are the expert mm-hmm. and you can help someone else with your story. And it's just super important to keep remembering that. Cause I, I don't know. I see the world through Dora's eyeballs. I don't see it. through yours. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't see it through yours and I can't help the way that you can. So it's just, it's so nice to help build their confidence and to show them that they can, yeah. there's meaning to everything. And when they get to that realization and that you're just sitting there, like I've known all along and I'm glad you finally joined the party and you realized it yourself, right? Yes. Yes. You're like, welcome. Welcome. This is is where we're supposed to be. It's supposed to be about this. All the tears, all the screaming, all the broken hearts. It's for this right here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do you have another question for you? What do you wish more women knew about business? I know you're super passionate about, we all should own one. And I feel like if the next presidential election, you should run because you can make that mandatory. Oh, that would be great. Let let me just add that to my uh, manifestation list for uh, 2020. Veronica Valadez for president. I hope you'll vote for me or else I'm not going to run. Oh no, I'll vote. I'll vote. I promise. I'll, I'll be knocking on doors. Yeah. You're gonna be my campaign manager. Oh, I got you. Um, so one thing I wish more women knew about business, and I think this applies not just to business, but just to 
just anything in life in general, is that you are more than capable. I think many women think that if they take the first step in, you know, starting a business or doing whatever it is that they want to do, right away they feel like, no, 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 I shouldn't even start because it's not going to work out. I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I just wish more people, you know, took that first step and realized that they're more than qualified, they're more than capable than any other person in this world. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It's that self-doubt. It's that stupid Mm -hmm. self-doubt that we have. It's those voices. It's the culture. It's our parents. And not that they mean bad, not any of that, but it's like, it's all of the things that we see on the media and this world, this business is for them. Only Kim Kardashian can have this, not me. Mm-hmm. Only this person can have it. Not, it's not for me. It's for them. Right. Like, no. What makes them different from you? We're all, exactly. we all we're that. all humans. We're all the same, yes. you know, but um, yeah, just, I just wish more women would see that they are capable and to have that confidence of going after it and if it doesn't work out it's okay but the point is that you tried it and you made the effort and if it's something you truly want then you get back up and try again yep and we're gonna fail mm-hmm. we're gonna fail but it's more like like you said earlier it's trial and error yeah it's it's part of the it's part of the learning process and I think if we didn't have um, I don't call them failures. I call them learning opportunities. <laughs> if we didn't have those, then, you know, we wouldn't grow as like, as people, we would stay the same. And part of us being here in this world is that we're constantly, we should constantly be evolving. And like, obviously the way you thought when you were 15 years old is way different than how you think now, but um, just trusting Again, the whole trust thing is trusting that you're capable of making whatever it is that you want to do happen. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now, what is the worst piece of advice you have ever received? Um, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've received, you're probably like, let me pull up my list. Probably like a receipt. No. Okay. No? So let me tell you, I oh my God, give it to me. I wanted to like, I really sat with this question and I'm like, what is the worst piece of advice? And I really struggled. I, I would, you would think I would have like a long list or something, but um, obviously I've received a lot of bad advice, but the one that I think stuck with me and I think a lot of people listening to the podcast would relate would be um, that my dad has always ingrained in us that you need to have a good job in order to be happy. A -hmm. good job means good money and money equals happiness. And now that's like, to me, I'm like, no, that's money does not equal happiness. Like I got, I had the good job and I was making good money and I was the most unhappy I've been in my life. So just that, um, I want to say like that 
cultural like upbringing Mm -hmm. like everyone has that that's I feel like that's how all Mexican parents think um and there's nothing wrong with them I mean I love my parents to death my my relationship with them has actually gotten so much better now that I've built this business because I'm I've grown so much as a person as well but that was like the only thing that I could really think of that still like sticks with me to this day that I actually remember was that money doesn't equal happiness and you shouldn't be following the money because at the end of the day your unhappiness is still going to be there you might be rich that's great but yeah you're 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 not going to die with your money like you're going to die unhappy with a lot of money like they don't take money in heaven or wherever it is that we go after no and it's so true I think it's that false sense of security Mm -hmm. where money will keep you warm at night money will keep the lights on it'll keep food in the fridge yes it it will but there's also like there's when we don't follow our passion when we don't follow like what we're meant to do there's a little hole or a big hole in Mm -hmm. your heart where you're just like okay I got the money now where's the pot of gold? Like where's yeah. the rainbow? Where do I get into Oz or whatever? I'm I'm constantly talking movie quotes. I swear it's like a second language, a third language. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's like that false sense of security of like yeah, I need to have this, and it's like well yeah, I mean it, I mean it helps. It helps to have money mm-hmm. because we can buy the things that we need to live. But there's so many other things that really truly make us fully happy inside. Right. Yeah, and. I- I mean, I, I love, you know, my dad to death and my parents, but it's just something I've learned. And I learned the hard way that it's not true. And, you know, it's, it's just another life experience, right. That we go through. Right. Right. And I always think of like Elon Musk, I think of all these big time people where they, where he talks about like how, when he invented Tesla, I think he's a Tesla guy, right? Elon Musk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Where he invented Tesla and he invented like this electric car and he just had this really cool idea about an electric car. He didn't realize he was going to blow up and become a billionaire. It -hmm. just, it started with his passion and the idea. And same thing with like Bill Gates. He was a college dropout computer nerd. He was like, Hey, computers are cool. Maybe I can make this program to make them even cooler. And then the money followed. Yeah. And it's like they were pursuing their passion and then And then they accidentally fell into that. And I just, I think that's so true because that's, that's really how it works. Mm -hmm. When you follow what you love, everything else will just fit. Like I'm always talking about how, when you're ready to learn the lessons, like the universe will send you all the right teachers. It's like, same Mm -hmm. thing with that. Like when you're ready. Yeah. It's it's so true. Like when you're ready, when you're fully ready, where you're like, I got this, I can't go any lower. I've hit rock bottom. What do I do? And the next thing you know, it's like, okay, you're ready now. So now we fully take off. Yeah. To go off of what you just said that, you know, if you follow your passion, the money will follow. Absolutely. That that's 100% true. Then you'll see other aspects of your life change for the good. Like I'm sure you can relate to this. Like for me, like, yes, the money came, like, that's great. But then now I have a better relationship with my parents because I've you know, grown up as a person, I have a better relationship with my partner because um, I'm more open to things. And it's like all these things that I've learned as I started to build this business has changed me as a person. And my happiness is filling 
all of the other buckets in my life, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. A thousand percent. I'm, I'm always talking about this too, in client meetings where I'm like, when we full, when we are authentic and true, mm-hmm. we become these magnets. We're like literally a magnet to everything good. Everything good will start coming to us because we're vibrating on that, like positive. And I know it sounds like hippie and cheesy. Like, what are you talking about? But it's so true. It, it's just, we, we truly become these magnets and we attract those things. And we start to say no to negativity and we start to see like, oh, that was holding me back. But now mm-hmm. that I'm being true to me and I'm following my passion, like it's, I'm a magnet and it does, you shine everywhere at yeah. work with your husband, with your kids. You're just a happier person. Yep, exactly. Okay. So I'm going to end it with this last question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Best piece of advice. See, this list was a long one. (laughs) I had to slim it down. Um, But I would have to say the best piece of advice I received was to not take things personal. Yes. So Q-tip. Yes. Quit taking it personal. (laughs) For a second, I thought you said Q-tip and I was like, what are we talking about? I did Q-tip, quit taking it personal. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was like, okay, where is Dorley going with this? I know she's a crazy woman. Why am I talking to her? No, because we we say it in schools all the time because our kids sometimes will lash out. So Q-tip, quit taking it personal. Anyway, go ahead. I'm going to use that now. Use it. You'll never forget. I, I, I literally will not. Next time I'm using a Q-tip, I'll be like, oh, Doralee. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, not, not taking things personal. And in business, like when you have a business, when you start a business, when you get a no, when things don't go as planned, you automatically think there's something wrong with me. Why is this happening to me? Why isn't it working out for me? And tend I think it's I don't I think it's human nature that we just make things all about ourselves oh yeah Um, we're we're, we're very selfish we're very selfish humans are yeah yeah so making it all about you is not the answer because it's usually the other way around when like for me for example when a client says no to me it's not that I don't have what it takes or that Um, they don't want to work with me, it's probably that they're not ready yet, or that um, they're scared, or, you know, it has something to do with the other person. But here I am thinking like, oh, my God, what am I doing wrong? Like, no one likes me type of things. So I would say not taking things personal. And like what we talked about earlier is timing is everything. When the time is right, the things will happen for you. And it's like, if you have that gut feeling, it's like, that's your sign of like, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to do this, or I need to leave this relationship or, you know, whatever that may be. But I think timing, trusting the timing and not taking it personal are my two best pieces of advice that till this day, I have to remind myself because in business, it's, I mean, you know, it's a roller coaster, right? It's ups and downs, ups and downs. And um, one day can be great. Another day is not, but it's, 
I take my own advice and I constantly try to remind myself like, Veronica, come on, you can't take things personal. And like the timing isn't right just yet. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I can totally agree with that. Not taking it personal is so important to do um, because we're on our own heads. People are in, their own, are in their own heads all the time and we're always making things about us and we're not so much thinking about the next person. Right. And so, and just knowing that you are like, don't let that distract you or deter you from following your dreams. Cause easily, I mean, can you imagine if all of the no's that you've ever received and you're like, Oh, maybe I'm not meant to run a business and you would have given up, you would have been miserable. Exactly. Yeah. I can't, I'm like, I can't even count how many times I've had no's. And then also, this isn't my first time starting a business. I actually started two other businesses that did not go as planned. And I got a lot of no's and it was just a lot. But it's like, I learned that now that I'm here, it's like, I can't take it personal. It was just part of my journey. And that's what got me to where I'm at today. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I am so glad that you came on and we talked, this has been such an incredible conversation. Yes. Um, yes I'm so happy. We finally met. We have to do this. I again. know. We have to do this again. But for now, I, I constantly get asked questions about how to run a business. I feel like a lot of people will follow me because they see that I'm doing really well. But to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I am learning. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I just know <laughs> I want to help. So I've sent people to you. I'm like, I don't know, but yeah. Veronica, she knows you need to help her. <laughs> I just kind of, I'm kind of a, I kind of go with my gut like a lot. I'm, I'm different in that sense. So where can we find you? Tell me all the places where our audience can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the most active on Instagram. So you can follow me at, at the Veronica Valadez. Um, so it's Valadez with the Z. Okay. Um, and I, you can find my um, one-on-one coaching program on my website, which is the Veronica Valadez.com forward slash ACM. Um, but for the most part, um, I love to talk about business. I love to share all other motivational random stuff. Um, so if you're up for that, um, you can find me there. Awesome. And I'm going to put it in the show notes too. And awesome. I'll, I'll put a link to your, um, to your Instagram and I will try to add, see, I'm a one man show right now, but I will try mm-hmm. to add the one straight to your um, one-on-one coaching program. But okay. I think this is super helpful. You're, I love watching your videos. They're so helpful. They're so informative. I love the way you break it down to Barney because yeah. that's how I roll. Like literally that's what my Instagram handle says. Like I break healing down to Barney or mental health down to Barney. So I love that, that you do that too. So I'm excited for any of our audience members to find you, to hire you, to talk to you, to follow you. Just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah of course I'm, I'm happy to help. And, um, I'm excited to, you know, help other women start this journey of, you know, having their own business. That's what I'm passionate about and helping other people do that is just amazing. And I'm all for it. Thank you so much for listening to episode number 20 of not another fucking podcast. It was such a fun conversation. Veronica is such a delight and I cannot believe 
that we just met in person, well, virtually in person on Zoom. This meeting was a long time coming and I am just so grateful for her to be on the podcast to allow me to interview her and to have her share her story. It just really goes to show that we all have our own struggles, our own trials, our own tribulations, and ways that we get stuck, but it really is a journey of pushing through, finding out what we love, and really following our heart. That's what this episode is about. So thank you so much for listening. Also, please stay connected with me on Heart Our Minds. That is H-E-A-R-T-O-U-R-M-I-N-D-S for any updates and what is to come with the podcast. So many exciting things are happening. I just cannot wait to share everything with you. Also to the listeners, my gratitude for you is immeasurable. The fact that you are here and you continue to stay with me and listen to me and share the podcast. Oh my gosh, it means so much to me and I will forever and ever be grateful for you. Thank you, and please rate, review, and share this podcast with anyone you feel needs it. The more people that we can reach with it, the better. So thank you, and until then, I will see you next week.